Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Say, say it again, say through the valley. Now, I just need to know who I'm talking to this morning because I figured there's one of three groups of people. Now, either you just came out of valley, either you in a valley, or stay tuned because not many days henceforth, you're going to have to walk through one. So I just need to make sure before I start the word today that I made it to the right church today because if I didn't, I can hop back in my car. Touch your neighbor and say, you're walking through this thing, man. You're walking through this thing. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together as we stand together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message Remain standing, if you would, go to Psalm 84, Psalm 84. Again, we welcome those watching online and those watching through the app and those watching on the computer and those watching on your iPad and those watching on your jitterbug, whatever you got, and those here at the Aurora campus. I think it's a few folk in Aurora that love Jesus this morning. I think it's a few of y'all. Now, I need y'all to help me get through this today because this is one of them ones that may shout me. So y'all going to have to help me with this. Just touch your name and say, help the bishop, help the bishop. Psalm 84, verse 1, it says, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord, who fights for us. Uh, the phrase uh, Lord of hosts there means Lord who fights for us. It, it also is literally translated God of angel armies. 
He says, how lovely is your house, God of angel armies. Verse 2, he said, my soul, uh, my, which is my thoughts, my will, my emotion. He said, uh, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow, even the bird found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she can lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord, who fights for us, my king and my God. Watch this. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. (laughs) Not who, when times get rough, run from your house. He said, blessed are those who dwell. Look at your neighbor and say, dwell, dwell, dwell. Look, look, look what he gives you a promise. He says, they going to still be praising you. Selah. Which just means basically God said it. Ain't nothing else to be said. I'll give you something more technical in a minute. Look at verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on his pilgrimage. Here it is, the series. As they pass through the valley of Baca, Somebody saying, Bishop, 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 what's that mean? That, that means weeping. He says, as they pass through the valley of weeping, watch this, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. Verse 7, they go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion or the city of the Lord. O Lord God who fights for us, hear our prayers. Give an ear, O God of Israel or Jacob. Oh God, behold our strength and look upon the face of your anointed for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Let me parenthetically insert this elsewhere. He says, I'd rather stand at the door and be station number two on the welcome team in the house of God than go dwell in the twin of, of some wicked folk. I'd rather be favored by God than popular with heathens. Verse 11, for the Lord God is a son and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Watch this. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord who fights for us. Blesses the man who trusts in you. Go back to verse 6 because this is the coup de grace. Verse 6, it says... As they pass through the valley. Say, I'm going through this. I'm not staying in this. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. Father, we ask that you would speak now in this place. I ask that I would decrease that you might increase. Father, do what only you can do, which is take these words, which the word declares are spirit. And I pray that these words, which are spirit, would speak to the spirit of every individual under the sound of my voice. That as they're passing through this valley, they wouldn't get stuck here. They wouldn't get paralyzed here. They wouldn't get messed up here. This too shall pass. And I got a whole series to announce that we're not getting stuck in our down places we're not getting stuck in our depression we're not getting stuck in our issues but baby we're walking through them and if that's you I just need you to make some noise in this place if I ain't getting stuck here man I'm walking through this thing Jesus name would you have five two or three people as you take your seats and say the valley of Baca the valley of Baca 
You can be seated. Uh, this series is going to speak to you wherever you're at. Now, I already checked the room, whether you're coming out of a valley, whether you're currently in one, or whether there's one on the horizon. And I'm not speaking anything negative into existence. I'm just telling you the truth of the, uh, of the matter, the facts of life. The scripture says that it rains on the just and the unjust. Let me translate. Whether you serve God, you're going to go through some stuff. Whether you serve him or not. The difference is when I'm serving him, I just know how I'm going to make it through the stuff that I'm going through. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, let me just check the room. How many people, you're in a valley right now. Put them up. Okay. How many people, you just came out of one? How many people, you just came out of one and you're in one? <laughs> How many, you just ain't even sure what you're doing? You just, you just woke up this morning and came to church. You ain't sure. Now, check this out. Listen to this. Valleys are unique in that some are longer than others. And some are deeper than others. You, you can have a valley that lasts you for a couple of weeks. You can have a valley that seems to last you for a couple of years. You, you can have a valley that seems to really affect you at the core of who you are. And then you have some valleys to where you look at that thing and say, ain't nobody got time for that. You, <laughs> valleys are unique. They're, they're unique because you can be, watch this, in a valley in one place of your life and be at the summit of the mountain in another area of your life. You have been in that place where it's a strange place because in one area you feel like you're making all kinds of progress. But in this other area over here, you're like, what in the heaven is going on? And you know you didn't say heaven. What in the world is going on over here? I'm happy that I'm serving God and coming to church now. But it seems like when I started serving God, that hell broke out over here. And it seemed, am I talking to anybody here? Now, today I want to dissect the first six verses of this passage of scriptures because each verse, quite frankly, is codependent on the others because this entire psalm is built around this verse six, the entire psalm. Uh, so, so I want to give you four things. Say four things. Say it again. Say four things. Uh, that, that, that's going to help you as you walk through this valley of Baca. As we go through this series, we're going to look at several different valleys that you'll face in life. And today I wanted us to start with this valley of Baca because it literally means this valley of weeping. Now, the first thing I want you to understand, write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write this down. If you still ain't going to write it down because you're just one of the people who don't write, just pretend like you're moving your hand so that you make me feel good. Number one, <laughs> use your valley against your enemy. Uh, this passage of scripture starts out saying that it was a psalm played on the instruments of Gath. Now, uh, you, you, you may say, Bishop, what? What does that really mean? What, what, what's, what's, what's the big deal? Who cares what instrument it was played on? Because Gath was a Philistine city. Literally, it was an instrument of the enemy of the children of Israel. So literally, they took the instruments of their enemies and began to play music from what their enemy was using against them. You didn't hear what I said. You got to learn how to get a boomerang in your life. When your enemy throws something at you, you got to learn how to say thank you because now I got to watch me play. You're not hearing what I'm saying. When they start talking about you, rather than getting upset and get depressed, say thank you, Jesus. That must mean I'm doing something. That must mean I'm going somewhere because you wouldn't be saying nothing if I was a nobody. You wouldn't be talking about me if I was a nobody. But you just told me how valuable I am. That's your run your mouth. You're not hearing what I'm saying. They took the enemy's weapon and used it against them. It was a song they played on the instrument of their enemy. When are we going to get to the place, y'all, to where we stop backing down, but to where we show up and say, do what you got to do and do it quickly. They took, they took the instrument of their enemy 
and made a song. Can I tell you your greatest creativity comes from your times of crushing? See, when you get crushed, you get creative. Your greatest innovation comes out of your limitation. See, let me tell you something. You figured out how to make your money work for you when you didn't have unlimited supply. I think I'm talking to a few single mothers or a few single parents that figured out, well, listen, I, can't, I can sit up here and be sad and mad about the fact that he ain't here or she ain't here, or I can make it do what it's got to do, which means I'm going to take my enemy's instrument and I'm going to play it all over that sucker. You mess with the wrong one this time. You, you. They played, watch this, they made a song on the instrument of their enemy. We ain't even got to verse one. That's the prelude. What's this? What's this? The song was played on an instrument of their enemy, but by the servants. What's this? What's this? When you go through hell, make it pay. Now I've said that a million times, but as, but 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 I, I need us to get that. Please understand redundancy is the teacher's best friend. What you continue to hear, you'll eventually believe. Please understand this. Stop wasting your valley. Look at your neighbor. Say, quit wasting it. Watch this. From the depths of your pain come your greatest music. From the depths of your pain come your greatest worship. You know why you cry when worship happens? Not because what's going right. But because you're thinking about all the hell that's been going wrong. And you're sitting up here saying, if it had not been for the Lord that was on my soul. These tears, I'm crying, I'm crying because my mouth cannot articulate with words the emotions that I'm feeling right now. Because if it wasn't for Jesus getting me through this pain, I... Your greatest, pain, uh, your greatest praise comes from your pain. Your, 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 everything great, the truth of the matter is, comes from places of deep pain and deep hurt. Please understand, please understand, what they did was they let their valley turn their weeping and whining into singing and shouting. They took the instrument of their enemy and said, you were using this to rejoice over us. I'm going to use it to play against you. Can I just touch your neighbor real quick? Because you're spiritual, but your neighbor, we're working on them. Oftentimes, when we get in the valley, we start believing the song that our enemy plays about us rather than taking the instrument from him and saying, I'm going to play my own song. So your enemy is playing. You're never going to make it. Nothing ever is going to work. Nothing ever happens for you. You always mess stuff up. You better learn how to say, let me try. Let me have that there. Let me play my own song. I ain't singing the same old song over again. I'm not going through the same mess over again. I'll take your stuff and play it against you. So, so look at this, look at this, <laughs> look at this. Look at, we still ain't to verse one yet. Now watch this, it says, it, says, it says they played it on an instrument of Gath. But check this out, it was a psalm of the sons of Korah. Now, now watch this, Korah was Levi's great-grandson. He was Moses' cousin. You know, because the nosy folk like to know who's related to who and all this here. So, <clears throat> so, so I'm just telling you who, who they relate to. And, and so what happens is, is, watch this, watch this, Korah, you'll remember because it was Korah that rebelled against Moses in Numbers chapter 16. It was Korah, Dathan, 
And Abiram, these three men stood up against Moses and they said to Moses, you take too much on yourself. He said, you're acting like a prince over us. The whole congregation is holy and God can deal with us just like he deals with you. And Moses, who normally would just kind of back down and kind of punk out this time, Moses like I had enough. See, sometimes God lets people push you so that you get to the place to where you say, I had enough of this. Ain't dealing with that no more. Because the truth of the matter is sometimes you won't do anything until you're mad enough about it. I'm going to help somebody today. Some of you, the, the mess you've been dealing with is as God says, when are you going to get angry about this? You sitting here taking it. You sitting here dealing with it. Well, when in the world are you going to say, no, I'm not dealing with this again. I'm not tolerating this no more. I'm the interruption in my bloodline. And if that means I got to do it by myself, I'll do it. But watch. But watch. But watch. He, 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 he. He rebelled against Moses, and, and Moses, who normally would respond something like, God, let him through, let him pass, it's okay, God, just chill out, God, relax. This time, Moses like, uh-uh. Moses like, all right, I had enough of you. He says, I'll tell you what, we're going to see who's the man of God here. He said, because I about had enough of y'all. He said, y'all didn't work my last nerve. Anybody know about that last nerve? Now, if you ain't never met your last nerve, keep on living because somebody somewhere is going to introduce you to your last nerve. I found that that often you can't introduce yourself to your last nerve. You need somebody else to introduce you to your last nerve. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Moses, who normally responds, he was on his last nerve. So this time he's like, God, I tell you what, open the earth. Do what you got to do. Matter of fact, he was like, listen, I'm going to tell y'all three something. Meet me tomorrow on the playground at three o'clock meet me at the playground tomorrow at three and we're gonna see who's God's man he said because I'm about sick of you challenging my authority he said I'm about sick of you challenging what I've spoke when are you gonna start looking at your circumstances and say I'm about sick of you challenging my faith in God I'm about sick of you challenging my walk with Jesus I'm about sick and tired of you telling me it ain't gonna work for me I'm about sick and tired of you calling me the tail when he said I'm the head I'm a so it gets so it gets <laughs> he gets sick and tired and, and then he says y'all meet me there tomorrow and so the Bible records that the earth opens up and consumes them. But his sons, the Bible tells us, lived. Now, now check this out. The sons of Korah are counted uh, and considered like the other Levitical families. Bishop, what does that mean? That they were part of the priesthood. Watch this. And they did service in the house of the Lord. They were the dream team. Watch this. Throughout the Bible, I, I, I'm working and I promise I'm going to get to verse 1 in just a moment. Throughout the Bible, we found this lineage of people. Uh, the Bible records phrases like this. They were over the camp of Yahweh, or they were the porter of the door of the tent of meeting, which just means they were the one that opened and closed it. They were set over the service of song in the house of the Lord. They were the praise team. They were the choir. They were the worshipers. They were the servants. Say the servants. In other words, watch this, because I just need to help somebody right here who's trying to, to, to balance the seemingly paradoxical situation that you face because somehow you thought that serving God would exempt you from Baca. In other words, this song wasn't by some people who just went to church. This was written by those who had given their lives to serving the church. Watch this, watch this. One of these sons of Korah, even uh, uh, with one of the sons of Asaph, prophesied uh, and, and sang in the time of 2 Chronicles 2020. You remember 2 Chronicles 2020? There's this big thing getting ready to go down. All these enemies are coming against uh, Judah. 
And all of a sudden, uh, two men stand up and they say, here, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. He said, they'll put the verse up for you real quick in verse 20, 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. And, and, and they begin to prophesy and one begins to, to sing. And as they do this, one of these is the sons of Korah. So watch this. I, I need you to get the point I'm trying to make. It, it suggests that these were people that were helping and serving others who were doing right by people. And now they find themselves weeping at the hands of the people. Okay, all right, all right. I can see I need to slow it down. These were, these were people who had said, for God I live, for God I die. These were folks who had given their life to serving the Lord. And now they find themselves confronted with a place called the Valley of Baca. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Please understand. Serving God doesn't exempt you from having to cry sometimes. Do I have any witnesses in here? Huh? Serving God does not exempt you from having to deal with some weeping sometimes. Serving God does not exempt you from having to deal with some pain sometimes. And it's important that you know that because that's the reason many people will begin to fall away from God because they'll feel like, well, God, I thought you were supposed to protect me from that. No, 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 no. Quite the contrary. What he does is when you get in it, he helps you get through it. You didn't hear what I just said right there. Can I tell you that the truth of the matter is you really need an enemy because it's your enemy that provokes you to do things that you never thought you'd be able to do. It's your enemy that provokes you to pray. It's your, you didn't meet God when things were going great. You met God when you were at the rock bottom and you found out that he was the rock that was at the bottom. You, that's the neighbor said, you needed an enemy. You, you needed one. You were at church today because of the enemy you facing. Watch this. Watch this. So the first thing, first thing is use your valley against your enemy. Here's the second thing. Dwell in the house. Dwell in the house. Now, now we're going to get to verse 1. Psalm 84 verse 1. Look what it says. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Look at this. We can infer that whatever they had been dealing with seems to have somehow disconnected them from the house. <laughs> what, what's this? Understand that often when you're dealing with stuff that seems to be overwhelming, the most convenient thing is also the most stupid thing. Bishop, what do you mean? When you're dealing with a lot of pain, it's amazing to me how many people, the first thing they want to cut is church. It's amazing to me how many parents punish their children by not letting them come to church. It's convenient, but it's stupid. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? It's amazing because when you're going through pain, the only one that can heal it, you don't want to talk to him. Come on, can we just be honest for a moment? When you're going through pain, you don't want to pray. And if you do, you ain't doing nothing but sitting up giving him a list of complaints. But God, I can't believe this. And God, how you let so-and-so do this? And God, I don't even understand. And God, why this? And God, why that? Okay, amen. And God is like, I ain't heard nothing you just said. I did not ask you to be a reporter for CNN. I asked you to decree a thing and let it be established. I told you to call things that were not as though they were. But when you're in pain and when you're weeping... Watch this, watch this. 
Look, look, he says, the, the verse says, he says, how lovely is your tabernacle. My soul, my mind, my will, my thoughts, my emotions, it longs to be in the courts of the Lord. My heart, which is my mind, check this out, and even my flesh cry out. You know you're in a desperate place when the thing that doesn't like God and is an enemy to God cries out for God. You ever got to the place of, uh, uh, in your life to where even the stuff about you that was wrong wanted to get right? I'm going to help somebody today. You ever got to a place where you looked at yourself in the mirror and just said, wait a minute, God, I know that you love me, but even my wrong wants to get right at this moment. Watch this, watch this. While you're in pain, don't disconnect from God. Don't disconnect from your pastor. And don't disconnect from church. That's why you need the word plan, especially when you're in pain. That's when you need all the CDs you can get. It grieves me when I look at the bookstore report and see how few of you think the word's valuable. Oh, yeah, say amen, because ain't sitting up here acting all weird. Say amen. <laughs> no, it's just me, because I understand that when you're in pain, that's the only thing that's going to get you through. I can remember going through something that was so painful that the only thing I could do is put, I got an internet TV. So I made the TV connect to the internet so I, I, could, so I could get the word. And, and I said, God, I, I don't quite know how we're going to get through this thing. I said, but all I know is I got to hear that word. And I said, so I said, so that's the only thing that's going to get me through this pain. And so literally I had my TV on all night. I mean, I'd be, you know how you wake up in the middle of sleep and scare yourself because you didn't realize what you had left on. And, and so my man of God, he, he, he kind of, you know, he'll be real low and then he'll kind of start shouting kind of like I do and, and all that. And, and so then, you know, I, I could just be, you know, you know, just kind of sleep, you know. And then all of a sudden he'll be like, and God, I'll be like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> because I knew, watch this, that if I disconnected a valley I was supposed to go through, I'll get stuck too. Touch your neighbor and say, dwell in the house. Touch the other one and say, dwell in the house. But please understand, you got to have that thing playing in your car. You got to have that word playing on your job. You got to have that word on your iPod. Everywhere you are, listen, I ain't got time for Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne ain't got the, the issue for my pain. I ain't got, y'all ain't going to say nothing. I ain't got time for Miley Cyrus. Miley and Cyrus can go on up up the street. Right now, I need too much from God. And I need to maximize this valley. And I can't do it if I'm listening to folk that ain't talking about nothing. You know more about what's going on with the housewives of this and the people of this and the folks of that than you even know about what's going on in the word. And I'm here to tell you, day life ain't going to get you through your stuff. And the truth is, you probably watch that so you can feel better about you because you're looking down on them. All right. This first Sunday, excuse me. Praise the Lord. Verse 3. We only got to get to verse 6, so. We halfway there. Look, look at verse three. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord, who fights for us, my king and my God. Blessed are those who do what? Dwell. Dwell. No, no, what's this? Not disconnect. And, and here, because some of you say, well, Bishop, I'm here. Can I challenge you to not just be here, but to be here? What do you mean by that? You can be in church, but, but have become so used to church that you go through the motions of church. 
Everybody stand. It's all about you. Okay, when they gonna tell us we can be seated? And you don't understand that while you're here, you're not here. Proximity does not mean connectivity. Tell your neighbor, say, don't disconnect. disconnect. Say, dwell. Dwell. Tell them again, say, dwell. Dwell. Now, watch this. Now, watch this. I want to talk you through this. Watch this. Watch this. Everything will fight you to disconnect. Crazy folk will fight you to disconnect. That's why you don't never let some crazy bugaboo run you away from the house God has set you at. God has set you here and to hell with them. Or heaven, wherever they're going. It's amazing how many people let people separate them from spiritual stuff. How are you going to let carnal separate you from spiritual? Okay. All right. All right. What's this? What's this? What's this? Say, I fight back. What's this? Everything's going to fight you to disconnect. Because when you could go to the word, you're going to want to dwell in your pain. Because you know what we like to do sometimes? Can we have an honesty moment? All of us. From the pulpit to the pew. No, we don't have pews to the chair. Uh, Watch this. Everything's going to fight you to want to just sit there and lick your wound. And then you're going to get somebody to co-sign on your wound. You know what happened to me. And I just don't understand. And then before you know it, watch this. You've reversed the polarity of Matthew 18, 19. Put it, put it up real quick. Put it up real quick. This ain't in the paper. I got to give it to you. Come on, real quick. What you don't understand is this, is that when you get on the phone with negative folk, and when you get on the phone with folk who are, watch this, as opposed to pushing you past your wounds but helping you lick them, you reverse the polarity of Matthew 18, 19. Bishop, what do you mean the polarity? This scripture was intended to get something to you. You'll let it make you keep things from getting to you and keep things from you. Okay, let me just show it to you. Again, I said to you that if two of you agree on what? On earth concerning what? Anything. So even if you agree about your mess, then God says, well, I'm going to give you more mess because you got on the phone to agree about your... That's why sometimes when you're in pain, the best thing you can do is put the phone in the other room and say, right now, I need Jesus and I need him. I don't need him tomorrow. I need him. If he don't get... So you reverse the polarity of the scriptures because a fool gets on the phone with a temporary fool and then y'all agree on foolish things. And so now you got a foolish life and you blaming God and God is saying you just reverse the polarity. You took what I meant for you and you made it work against you because you got on the phone with a fool to have foolish conversations. Have you ever noticed how you want to go back to your old ungodly friends when you're in pain? Oh, you ain't going to say nothing to me. Have you ever noticed how you wanted to go back to your ungodly ways when you were in pain? Because Satan knows if he can get you to agree, he got you. But I think there's some people in this place today that say, I may have reversed the polarity before, but just like I did it that way, watch me get it back the way God intended for it to be. So look at this. Look look at this. (laughs) Look, Look at this. Look at this. When you disconnect and don't dwell, Watch this. By default, you choose to dwell in your valley instead of pass through it. Watch this. I have a saying. Don't keep a problem longer than 24 hours. Now, watch this. I get that from Jesus because Jesus looked up at a fig tree 
And Jesus said, you deceive me. You got leaves, which means you should have figs, but you ain't got no figs. You're a poser. You said you got power. You can't get rid of no headache. You said you were forgiven until that person hurt you. So Jesus, he curses the fig tree and he said, may no one ever eat from you ever again. When he leaves, it looks the same way it was when he first spoke to it. See, there's some stuff you need to speak to it and keep it moving. I ain't going to sit there and keep speaking. No, 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 no. I've got authority. And when you got authority, you only got to get a directive once. If I got to keep telling you, you must not be convinced. Or maybe I'm not convinced. So Jesus speaks to it. And then they go off. They do what they do. They come back the next day. The disciples run up to Jesus. They're like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. They're like, that tree you curse. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm, what about it? It's dead. And Jesus is looking at it like if he wore glasses, he'd take them off. He's like, maybe I'm missing something. He said, what, you thought that what I said wasn't going to happen? Which brings me to the end of verse 4. Selah. You know what Selah means? Let me give it to you. God, you said it. I believe it. And that settles it. You, you, you didn't hear what I just said there. Which means, which means Jesus looked at that thing and looked at them and he was like, listen, when I spoke that thing, I went to bed fine. Because while it looked like it didn't hear me, my words had to travel to the root system to drive that thing up from the root. So what's the principle? He didn't keep a problem longer than 24 hours. Did you get that? No, no, no. Say, say la. God, you spoke it. I believe it. That settles it. I, I don't have to worry about what you've already spoke about. I don't have to worry about what you've already issued a decree about. If God says you heal, why in the world are you sitting up here telling folk, well, I'm just not sure. You know why you're not sure? Because you reversed the polarity of Matthew 18, 19. You hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor. Tell him again. Say, say la. Here's the third thing. I only got four to give you. Here's the third thing. Third thing when you're in the valley of Baca. Because we're going to get to the meat in just a moment. We haven't gotten to verse six. Verse six is the meat. The third thing is keep it moving. I was going to say it another way, but I figured I'd just clean up like that there. Say, keep it moving. Verse five says this. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Check this out. Whose heart, which means mine, is set on the destination. No. Come on, church. That's why they put it on the screen so you can see it. Whose heart is set on Jesus. It doesn't even say that. Whose heart is set on the Lord. Whose heart is set on peace. Whose heart is set on joy. No. Whose heart is set on the journey okay Okay. let me let me help you with something let me help you with something pilgrimage just means in its simplest definition a spiritual journey which means watch this don't worry about the destination because the truth is that's a moving target i you know when people talk about my destiny my destiny i just think that's one of the most stupid things you could talk about because implied in the word destiny is the word destination which means i'm gonna get to some place and then i'll say doom i'm done that ain't how God works. God works the way when you think you're done, he's like, I'm just getting started. 
I think I got some witnesses here to where you said, God, I'm finally going to arrive. And as soon as you got there, God was like, oh, yeah, now let's do something else. And then, now, now let's do something else. God, God goes from faith to faith. He goes from level to level. He goes from glory to glory, which means, watch this. The scripture says, don't set your mind on your destination. Set your mind on your journey. <laughs> now, now, pilgrimage here implies a forward-moving journey. Now, now, check this out. Can I tell you what happened in the valley? In the valley, because check this out, a valley's form in between two mountains, right? Okay, that's the only way that there is a valley. But the distinguishment between a valley and a mountain is, is only because one is down, one is up. But the reality is, is, is to, to get up, I got to go down. Uh, now, now, check this out, check this out, look at this, look at this. In a valley, when you're walking through, and when it gets painful, because we're talking about the valley of Baca today. We're going to talk about a lot of other valleys because the truth is there's a lot of other ones. Because some of you, you're past pain. Now you're just mad. And that's why you don't listen to nobody. And that's why you're cantankerous. And that's why you're curt. And that's why everybody who comes around you says, what in the world is their problem? It's because you passed your pain. Now you're just angry. So we'll get to that one later too. But now, today we're dealing with this one. Now check this out. In the valley, what I found out is that because since you have nothing but, watch this, a mountain here and a mountain here, sometimes you can get confused about what for it is. Maybe what you're trying to say. When you're in a valley sometimes, sometimes as you're walking through that place, when you're supposed to be moving forward, you can turn around and start looking at the mountains and now get yourself turned around to where you don't know where for it is anymore. Okay, let me talk to this side of the church because y'all ain't saying nothing today. Uh, what's this? What's this? You, you ever been? I remember. I remember the first time I went camping, and uh, and then I discovered after that time that camping's not something that I'm called to do. That's just the truth. I, I'm called to do stuff that involves regular restrooms, and that's just me. Now you do what you do. You do you. I'm just called to you know different stuff so I went camping and I can remember and it's my first time camping so you know I was totally green and nobody prepared me you follow and so I went out I had white shorts on and don't judge me because it's <laughs> baby <laughs> don't know <laughs> and, so, and so and so I went out and so I'm just thinking you know I didn't know what to expect and I can remember getting out in the woods I remember getting out in the woods, and I can remember, you know, going and thinking, oh, this is going to be fun, this is going to be fun, and, 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 and they had all the paintball games and all the, or, you know, shooters and all this kind of stuff, and I just remember thinking, okay, all right, this is going to be all right, this is going to be all right, this is going to be all right, and then as I'm going, and we're running around, and they're playing, there was some game they were playing, it was like tag in the woods, though. Y'all know the name, anybody know the name, and I know Denver folk like to camp and hike and bike and stuff, y'all know the name of, it, it, was, it was tag in the woods, that's what we're going to call it, it was tag in the woods. And so literally, watch this, watch this, I'm going to help you. Watch this. I had to act like I knew where I was going in a place I'd never been. So while I'm there, I, I, I'm running, trying to get away so they can't find me. But the truth of the matter is, I'm like, where am I at? And then, you know, all of a sudden now it's going through my mind are all these shows where folk be getting all uh, messed up in the woods. And now I'm thinking about every episode of Jason I ever watched and every... <laughs> Every scary movie I never watched, and I said, I ain't going out like this now. I, I don't understand. I make good, but I ain't going like this. Watch this. I could no longer distinguish what forward was because of all of the stuff around me. 
Watch this. In other words, the valley had created so much confusion that I wasn't sure where going forward was anymore. Who, who, who am I talking to to where you're like, I'm in this thing and I don't even know where forward is anymore. I don't even know what progress looks like anymore because this valley's got me confused about where I'm going. He says, blessed is the man who has set his mind, his heart on his pilgrimage, which means he's got to move forward in his journey. Say, I'm moving forward. Let me tell you how you get distracted because you start worrying about the people who walked out on you. So now you doing this here when you're supposed to do this here. You're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to get that car back or that house back or that money back? So now you're looking around. So now you're losing what forward is. And I'm here to tell you, baby, if God allowed it to be taken, Mark chapter 10 says, no thing that you have lost in this lifetime shall he not restore to you 100-fold in this lifetime and everlasting life in the life to come. Which means, baby, if it's gold, watch him give me something better. Baby, if it's gold, watch him. I ain't got time to sit up here and chase after folk who wanted to walk out. You better just say, well, I guess you wasn't going to walk with me anyhow. I'm glad I left you back there because if you can't be with me in my valley, I don't want you with me on my mountain. You get distracted and you can't tell forward when you start looking around at what's gone. Rather than taking stock of what's remaining. I taught a message several months, several, I don't know, a long time ago called Strengthen the Things Which Remain. Because often we spend a lot of our time chasing that which is not and ignoring that which is. Let, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Who, who, who normally gets, you, have, you ever seen some folk out, out to eat and their children, some of them are very well-mannered and behave. And then it's that one now laugh, y'all, because y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know that one, it's because your cheering is the one we're talking about. But, <laughs> and they got that one. And the good kids are sitting there just eating their little cheese sandwich, just doing, just doing good. But who does the parent spend all the time with? The one that's acting all crazy. You're missing it. So the ones that are moving forward sometimes get ignored. And the ones, you're not hearing what I'm saying. God says, stop looking at what's not around in your life anymore and start strengthening that stuff that you still got. So maybe all your friends walked out, but you got that one. Strengthen that one. Maybe that job lets you go and that one lets you go, but you got the one you got. Strengthen that one. All right. All right, he, he said, he said, he, say, I'm moving forward. I'm, moving forward. <laughs> I'm putting one foot in front of the other. Because when I stop and start turning around and doing all of this, I'm going to forget what forward looks like. Okay. You, you ever notice something? Can, can I just give you something real quick for free? Yeah. You ever notice how when Jesus went through his worst moment, everybody had abandoned him? Except John and his mama. This is what you're trying to say. Could it be, just conjecture, hypothesis perhaps, could it be that there's a revelation there? Jesus didn't spend his time trying to say, I can't believe y'all walked out on me. Instead, he looks at John and says, now I got something for you, John. 
that I'm not going to give to the others. Bishop, what are you talking about? You do know that the John that remained is the John that had the revelation. Come on, be a good class. He wrote the book of Revelation, which means uh, uh, apocalypto, which means the uncovering. Jesus said, I'm going to strengthen you, John, because you didn't forsake me in my weakest moment, which means I'm going to show you parts of me that I'll never trust them with. Could it be that sometimes the reason people fall away from you when you're in tough moments is because God says, I don't want them getting the revelation. All right, moving on. Here we go. I got to move. Fourth thing. Now, this is where the meat makes its own gravy. <laughs> it's time to go to work. Four, fourth thing, and we're going to get to the meat. You ready? When you're in the Valley of Baca, watch this. Make it do what it do. <laughs> now, I, I tried to phrase this differently, but I didn't like none of the other ways. I like this one here. Look at the neighbor and say, make it do what it do. For those of you not familiar with that particular phrase, it's rumored that a particular musician <laughs> some years ago, he was doing something that had not been done. He was playing, quote unquote, church music. And he was taking the church music, but he was putting secular lyrics to it. And and, and when somebody confronted him about it, they, they said, well, baby, I'm going to make it do what it do. In other words, he says, that's all I know. And so what I know, I'm going to make it do what it does. So now we come to the meat of the message where it makes its own gravy. Y'all know cooks, you know good, good meat makes its own gravy. You don't even need to put no flour in that to make no roux. Now, see, I can't cook it, but I've read the book on how to do it. And then I thought I was real good at grilling until last week. <laughs> I got, I, so I went to the stove. Let me just, just between us, don't, please don't tell anybody. Um, and I went and got this, I don't know, some tenderloin or something. It was, one, it's a, it, was a, it was a guy off the Food Network. It was a special tenderloin he made. So I'm thinking this is going to be great because he does a show where he goes to these different places and things. I said, this is going to be a great piece of tenderloin. And so it said on the package, just stick it on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> so I took it at its word and I took it out to package I said this show enough gonna be good I put that thing out there on the grill and it was cooking and I mean I mean it, the fire was just going I mean I was like my god I said this gonna be some real good meat and then it kept on doing that and then it got a little bark on it but I said but wait a minute I watch enough food network to know bark is good a little bit Well, I went back out there and I was like, okay, it's done now. It's done now. It's done, it's, it's done now. You know, I know some of y'all used to mama this. I ain't got time for all that. Don't, they don't teach you that in the South. In the South, you just got to feel it. They don't give you no measurements. Baby, just put two pinches of that in there. Well, what is a pinch? Put some, put some, put some of that off in there. Well, well how much? Baby, just, just put some of it off in there. What is off in there? What is that? Why they do that? Okay, and so and so and so I put the meat out there, and so I took the meat off, and I was like, "This is for woo wee." And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, and I, I said, "Okay, this is going to be some good eating." I'll just tell you a story. It don't understand how to do it, and and uh, and so I cut through it. I was like, "Oh," 
that ain't done. So I did what anybody else would do. I put it back on the grill. But this time the fire was seven times hotter. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got put back on the grill. You understand? And then this time, it didn't get a bark. It got like a force field around it. So when I finally took it off and went to cut the meat, I couldn't cut the meat because it was like a force field around it. And I'm sitting here thinking, inviting folks. Talk about, come on, I'm finna eat, and I got some barbecue and all this here. And, and, <laughs> and I cut the meat, and I'm like, this ain't even going to work. I spent $15 on a tenderloin and can't even use it. Then I got in the car and went to go get something to eat. But the moral of the story is, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. I thought I could grill, and I got taught an important lesson. Amen. <laughs> First point, make it do what it do. Verse 6, here it is, here it is. God, okay. Uh, this is, this is, I'm just going to shout me. As they passed through... I'm not staying here. I'm not stuck here. I'm not tolerating here. I'm just coming through the airport to make my connection. There are some flights, there are some cities that when I travel, you can't get a direct flight. They make you connect in a whole different part of the country. Oh, I'm going to help somebody. Uh, you, you're thinking to yourself, why in the world would you send me to Phoenix to go to Jacksonville? Why in the world would you send me to LAX in order to get up to Washington? That don't make no sense. And sometimes your baka don't make no sense. You're trying to figure out, God, why in the world would you have me go all the way over here to go through all of that? God says, baby, I was just taking you through a connection. And you ain't, this ain't your final destination. You just passing through. I wish you'd look at your neighbor and say, I'm passing through this pain, man. I'm not, I ain't getting stuck here. This is a connecting flight. And sure, it don't make no sense, but it is what it is. So I got to make it do what it do. So look, though. Look, though. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Because this is all real good. Rah, rah, rah. I want to give you some information, not just inspiration. As they pass through the valley of weeping. So here it is right here. You ready? I'm going for the jugular. Now watch this. Valley is the Hebrew word amek, which means deepening. Baca is the Hebrew word which means weeping. So the valley of Baca is a deepening of your weeping. Watch this. Kind of taking it another further. Uh, uh, watch this. Baca comes from the Hebrew word baka, which means, watch this, to bemoan. To express discontent or sorrow. Check this out. It literally means to shed tears, to mourn, but take this last one out, to exude liquid. Now, I think the use of the word liquid is very interesting because it could have just said water, which we still would have been able to make a connection to the process of deductive logic that it was still referring to tears. But it said liquid. Which means while you're going through your valley of Baca, not only are you crying, but you're bleeding while you're crying. Okay, I'm going to help somebody here. It, it said, not only am I shedding tears, but the truth of the matter is, what does blood represent, Bishop? Blood represents life. It means not only am I shedding tears, but at the same time, I'm leaking life. Because watch this, in order to weep, I had to have been hurt. 
Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Well, well, I says, weeping comes as a result of pain. So to get to a baka, I had to have been hurt by something or somebody. So my question to you is, where is your pain? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe your pain is a knife. That's what you mean, a knife. Because it was the knife that they used to backstab you. Maybe your baka's found in a mirror where you have to look at you and deal with what you did and not be able to receive the forgiveness of those who you did it to because it seems too easy for you and you like to make stuff hard. There's a story I was going to tell right here for the sake of time. I won't tell it. I'm going to throw it on the end of another one in this series. Where's your pain? Where's that cut that the truth be told, you're bleeding from. Can I tell you, people that walk around mad and angry, they're hurting. Because they're bleeding. People who walk around with attitudes, they're bleeding. All that sister girl? Uh-huh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Some man calls that sister girl. Oh, yeah, because you weren't born to be nasty like that. You, you weren't born to be all that extra. Y'all, y'all better say something to me. You, the, I'm going to get that sister girl spirit. We're going to get you delivered from that. Oh, and I know all the fellas like, that's right, Bishop. No, it's some sister men that be all this here. All that extra. Don't take all that. What is your pain? Is your pain and your disappointment with your children to where you're thinking, I didn't raise them like this. I didn't teach them like that. Where, where are they getting that from? Why won't they serve God? Why, 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 why won't they do right? Where's your pain? Because if I can find your pain, I can find what you're weeping about. Because Baca is simply a deepening of your weeping. It's deep. This is internal stuff. This is the thing that makes you question, well, what wasn't good enough about me to where my mother or my father forsook me? See, that's Baca. So now when you grow up, you're always walking around trying to overcompensate to make people think that you're worthy and that you're valuable because you didn't feel that way as a child. And so now you do way too much extra to try to prove stuff to folk that aren't even watching. Because you just want to feel valuable. What, what was it about me that they did, abandoned me? What was it about me that they walked out on me? What was it about me that caused them to do this to me? Where's your baka? Maybe your baka is that you, you want to believe that Jesus has forgiven you. You want to believe that he loves you, but you keep making mistakes. So you keep thinking to yourself, he couldn't love me. And you're treating him like a man. You're treating him like a woman as if when he said it, he didn't mean it. Because often we don't make God in the image that he's in. We often make him in the image that we are. And so he then subsequently becomes subject to the things that we're subject to. And so since you lie, you think he lies. Am I talking to anybody here? Where's your baka? Touch your neighbor, ask him, where's your baka? Where, where? Is your baka that you thought you'd be much further in life by now? You thought by the time I'm this, I'm going to be that. And then this has come and gone and you looking and you ain't this or that. 
And now you won't even, you come to church and you hear you're a king and you're a priest and you're this and you're that. But now you don't even believe it. You won't even write plans. You won't even take notes. You won't even get to see. You won't even do it because you don't even have enough faith in yourself because you said I failed last time. So I don't want to set myself up to fail this time. Because what if this turns into that? And I'm here to tell you that's Baca. Where's your Baca? Is it that you, you haven't got a call back for a job? And so now you're thinking to yourself, well, I guess I'm just going to be stuck living off of taxpayers the rest of my life, which they won't let you do that because they shouldn't let you do that. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Bible says man that don't work. And that means woman, too. Just FYI. <laughs> says, Where's your baka? Where's your pain? Because the truth of the matter is, is that all of us have some pain. That we weep, watch this, and we don't even recognize that our response is weeping. Because it's become normal. So you go through your man period every month and you just say, that's normal. Oh, you know, come on, fellas, don't act like that. Now, we know they got the pyroids. You already know. So sometimes, sometimes husbands, you already know. Now, baby, now tell me when you go. Okay, good. Well, I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the store. Just call me when you're done. I just, just call. I'll be back. But, fellas, let's be honest. Sometimes we have man pyroids. Oh, I need some men in harvest that ain't scared to say it. And sometimes you're like, I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why I'm acting like this. But can I suggest to you that it's because you're weeping, but you didn't know it was weeping because it's become normal and it's a valley. Oh, you'll say amen. Come on. You know that. If you want a church where the preacher's fake, I'll give you plenty of addresses. I got to move. P pain, pain. Because to weep, I have to be in pain. Watch this. Pain can paralyze you. There's, there's really three things that pain can do. Pain can paralyze you. <laughs> and you know para, being paralyzed. You stop coming to church. Stop serving. You stop being faithful. You stop praying. You stop giving. You stop really caring. When you wake up in the morning, you're just trying to figure out whatever you can throw on to get out the house. And so watch this. And so then you get that de depressed folk look. The way airtime folks see you, you in sweats. Oh, y'all better say it, man. You got that depressed ponytail all the time or you just depressed. Now, I ain't saying nothing against ponytails, but ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Now, I'm not saying nothing against ponytails, so don't be starting that with me because I'll finish it. But the ladies already know what I'm talking about. They get that depressed hair. They don't even come. They just put a hat on and just hope ain't nobody going to make them take that hat off. Coming out in sweats. And nothing against sweats. I had them on yesterday. Nothing against sweats. I'm just making a point that when you get paralyzed, you don't even care. You don't care. You half do your job and you're like, look. I didn't come here to work. <laughs> oh, go home now. What you doing? 
You come to church, sit in the back corner, rocking back and forth, looking like Rosemary's baby or something. Because you're paralyzed. Can we talk about it today? You don't want to trust nobody because you're paralyzed right now. So I ain't trusted nobody. Trust. Lord, <laughs> no, don't live here no more. In fact, how did you get here? <laughs> Nobody's supposed to be here. You're paralyzed. And so now a valley that you were supposed to pass through is a valley you're stuck to. You're paralyzed. You won't take any risk because you don't want to have to deal with pain again. You won't take any kind of faith. Word comes forth saying, you get ready to see God do this. And you're like, that's good for you. That's good for you. Opportunity to sow seed comes. You don't want to sow because you're like, I probably ain't going to get in that know-how. You're paralyzed. You're stuck. Somebody says, yo, let's go to lunch. I don't want to go to lunch. My last co-worker betrayed me and told all the folk at the job. I don't want to go to lunch. You're paralyzed. But you know what pain also does? Yeah, y'all here? Pain can ruin your perception. See, it paralyzes you, then it messes up your perception. I saw Thor yesterday. And, uh, amen. And, and so, there's a line in the movie. There's a line in the movie, because I'm always looking. See, I'm a student everywhere I go. So I'm always looking for something to preach to me. And so I, I always, when I go to movie, I like to sit in the back. Because, I, you know, they say turn the phone off. Well, that's the one area of my life the Lord's getting me in order. Because I got to keep mine on. on because, see, while the movie's going, I'm like, oh, my God, that'll preach. Oh, my God, that'll preach. Woo, did you ever see that? So, so, so Loki's mama said something to, her, to him in the movie. She said, Loki, you're always so perceptive about everyone else but yourself. When you're in pain, you're not seeing what's going on. You see nothing but hurt. And the deception of pain is that it will make you think you're not in pain because you took, watch this, you took something to mask the pain. You do understand that most of the medicines we take aren't actually designed to fix anything. They're designed to mask things. You, you didn't hear what I just said. It's just designed to reduce the inflammation. It wasn't designed to take it away. And so now you're, 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 you're constantly prescribing things for your pain that really aren't fixing it. They're just covering it and masking it. And so you've deceived yourself into thinking you ain't even in pain. And you can walk around and have a chip on your shoulder and not even know it. Misperception is poisonous because it doesn't seem like doing right works. When you misperceive, you'll say, well, why don't I just do it like how the world does it? Because it seems like it's working for them. That's because you perceive improperly. Why don't I go back to selling that stuff? Oh, you know about the stuff. I know you at Harvest Cathedral today, but it was a day where on Sunday you was dealing with some stuff. Why don't I go back? Why don't I go back to... To, I, I, I'm, I'm keeping myself for Jesus, but why don't I go back to just sleeping around? Because it seems like sleeping around, you know, at least I had somebody with me in the middle of the night. Now, I maybe had to sing Bonnie Raitt. 
Oh, oh, you don't know Bonnie? Oh, Bonnie's a preacher. Y'all didn't know that? Bonnie said, I can't make you love me if you won't. You can't make your heart feel something that it won't. She's, she's a preacher. I'm going to make her a bishop. She's going to join the group. You understand? Know watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Misperception is poisonous because you don't see what's really going on. You see pain. That's all you see. And then you end up ruining things around you because you didn't see it for what it was. You ever, you ever paid attention to that sign in your car? I'm almost through. You ever paid attention to that sign in your car where it says objects in mirror are closer than they appear? It tells you that because it says when you look at this, it's going to give you a misperception of how close you are. Let me talk to this side of the church because y'all ain't saying nothing today. It says, it says, listen, this instrument that you're looking through is not giving you an accurate depiction of how close you are to what you're close to. And if you rely on this mirror, you're not going to know just how close you really are. See, I stopped by Harvest to tell somebody today that if you don't come out of this valley of Baca, you were way closer than you knew you were because the objects in the mirror were closer than they appeared, but your pain made you misperceive. And then you throw in the towel. And you were there. You were there. You were there. Touch your neighbor and say, you're there. You, you were there, but your pain told you it was too far away. You were there, but your pain told you it's not going to work, so don't even bother getting out the car. You were there, but your pain told you don't give it everything you got because you don't want to get hurt again. And then you wonder why you don't get everything out of everything because you don't give everything everything. Get the CD. It paralyzes you. I'm through, y'all. It messes up your perception. But, but here's, the, here's the other thing pain does, is it can invoke pride. I've noticed that the most prideful people I've ever met are the most hurting people. They're in pain. And the pride is a defense mechanism. Let me prove it to you. What's wrong with you? Nothing. <laughs> now, based on how you answer that, Clearly, something's wrong. Something, something. Something just ain't right. <laughs> Y'all don't know. I forgot I'm in Denver. That's a... My life was great, God, till I married this woman. My life was great until I had these kids. And I don't say it to them, but I treat them like it. Yeah, I'm going to find your baka. I'm going to find your baka. Mm-hmm. I have a right to act this way. They did me wrong. They lied on me. They betrayed I can act like that. I can cuss. They made me do it. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? Because you know that's how you be justifying it too. You be like, well, I just had to do it. I can tell somebody that I said I'd keep confidential. I'll tell it because they shouldn't have did that to me.
Oh, I'm going to find your buckle. And we got to find it in 30 seconds because I'm running out of tape. <laughs> you get prideful. And then when you get prideful, then all of a sudden now the Bible tells you what's going to happen. See, see, once, once, see, your pain's whole desire is to get you to pride. See, paralyzation, that's one thing. Messing up your perception, that's one thing. But if it gets you to pride, it has you. You know why? Because there's a promise attached to pride. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, there's a promise. The promise attached to pride is that it always comes before falls. There's a promise attached to it. See, we celebrate the great promises of God, which there are many of them. But there's also promises that, like this one, where it says pride comes before a fall. It's the people that like to use the word never. You got to be careful with never. Because you're not in Baca when you make that declaration of never. Don't tell me what you'd never do until you're in Baca. See, when you're walking through Baca, then I'll see what you're really about. But don't tell me what you ain't. I can't tell you how many people, Bishop, I'm never going anywhere. And then they went through Baca, and now they go. They like Casper, they go. I can't tell you how many folk make declarations out here. Ooh, but then when they get to Baca, that never is tested. Baby, I'm never going to leave you. (laughs) Y'all was having a good dinner when you said that. Say that when you want to knock them out. That, that, that's when you can tell what's really going. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I'll always love my children. Yeah, they're acting good, but let them little jokers start acting like Freddie, Mikey, and Chucky and them and see. I learned a valuable lesson about absolutes. So much so that it has changed my entire vocabulary. So when people ask me stuff, do you think you'd ever do this? I said, you know. You know, I, I w- that wouldn't be in my plan. But you're not going to bait me into saying never. And, and then somebody said, Bishop, I didn't say never. I just said I'm not going to do that. Implied in that is never. And can I tell you, because I think there's some witnesses here where you said, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. I'll never do this. And then God took you through a baka. And then all of a sudden, the stuff you used to judge people for, you found yourself in the middle of, and then you learned, well, I better just shut my mouth, because I said I'd never be broke, and then I had to go through Baca. I said I'd never sleep around, and then you went through your own Baca. I said I'd never leave God, but then you went through your own Baca. Be careful when you're looking at people in their Baca and saying what you would and would not do. Because you don't know until you're in Baca. It wants to cause you pain. And it wants to get you paralyzed, misperceived, and get you in pride. Now, check this out. Why does pride mess us up? Because pride causes wrong responses, which create calamity. How much of the hell you're dealing with, you instigated. Now, I know this is hard because I know church folk like to blame the devil. But if you're ever going to grow up and be a kingdom person, you're going to have to stop pointing at him. Because he's like, oh, for real, I did that? (laughs) The book didn't even say I had power to do that, but I take it. So you've magnified your enemy above your God. Take this out. Pride causes wrong responses. You ever been real mad at somebody? Hold on, let me finish it. (laughs) Because somebody's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. You've been real mad at somebody to where in the heat of your baka, your weeping, your anger, your pain, in the heat of that, 
You start thinking about all this stuff. And you start thinking, and then I'm going to get them, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. Ooh, and I can't, and, what, and then watch this. And then they think they're going to put something on Facebook talking about some people can't be trusted. But who they talking about? Me? But I, you know, that's okay, because I got something to say for them. No, because see, that's all right, because I know their cousin, sister's mama. And see, I'm going to just go tell them, because see, what they did ain't right. And you go through all this stuff in your mind, and you go through all this stuff. And, and then all of a sudden, when you step back and look at it, you're like, wait a minute. Now, I knew what they were when they came. So can I really be mad at the snake for biting? Huh? Y'all ain't saying nothing. I says, I says, I'm through. Pain causes wrong responses which create calamity. Now check this out, y'all. Check this out. Here's the real deal. Now here's where the here's where the message is going to shout you. You ready? You, you ready? B- because watch this. I can remember going through something that was very painful. And, and I said, now, God, what's up? I said, now, this, this, this is painful. This hurts. And, and I said, now, what are we going to do about this here? Right. You, you ever have one of conversations with God? Or you ever thought it but not said it? Because you, like, you didn't want to even hear the answer? Because you knew the answer was going to require you to do something? Let's be truthful. There's some stuff you don't pray about because you already know how you're going to respond. Check this out. And I remember doing that. And, 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 and I decided, I adopted a philosophy in my life right based out of the scripture. I'm just using me for an example because whether you're the pastor, the plumber, or the, or the school teacher, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to deal with pain. And how you handle that pain determines whether or not you can be trusted with promotion. Watch this. You can only grow to the threshold of your pain. And watch this. I remember going to that and dealing with that. And I made a conscious decision, a philosophy I adapted right out of the word of God. I said, you know what? I can either get stuck here or I can learn everything I can from this and come out with a better version of me. So in that moment, I, I, I got to tell you, there were, there were days, there were some days I was like, woo-wee. You ever had some woo-wee days? But I made up in my mind, these same points that I'm giving you, I made up in my mind, I'm going to keep it moving. I made up in my mind, I'm going to make it do what I do. And here's the second part of the verse, and here's where the gravy comes. Watch this. As they pass through the valley of weeping, watch this, they make it a spring. And it also rains. And the rain covers the valley with pools. Now, y'all don't understand how to read the Bible. He says, they make it a spring. Now, some of you don't know what a spring is. A spring is where fresh water is erupting in a place that it makes no sense for it to be erupting. So while you're in the worst moment of your life, when you make a decision, I'm going to make it do what it do, you can have a spring coming up in your life. And opposed to getting bitter, you say, I'm getting better. Opposed to getting nasty, you say, I'm going to get spiritual. Opposed to cussing them out, you say, I'm going to pray about this thing. Because you got to make it up in your mind, you're going to make it do. They make it a spring, which means I'm going to make the best out of a bad situation. No, I didn't get a, get dealt a good hand. No, it wasn't right what so-and-so did, but I'm going to make the best out of this bad whatever I got to do. If I got to eat peanut butter and jelly, well, it's going to be the most gourmet. Yeah. Pe- 
peanut butter and jelly you seen. If I got to walk by myself sometime, I'm going to enjoy myself. If I got to take myself to lunch because they betrayed me and I got to do it by myself, watch me do it by myself because I'm made. Who am I preaching to? Because I'm going to make it do what it do. Look, look, he said, I got three minutes. He said, they make it a spring. They make it one. God, I'm going to teach y'all in Denver how to shout after a while. Come on, seven years. Y'all got to learn how to get this right now. It didn't say it became one. So you waiting on God to change it. And God says, I'm waiting on you to do something about it. You're waiting on God to fix it. And God says, I'm waiting on you to get your toolbox out. While you're sitting there complaining, God is saying, but when did you pray about it? When did you fast about it? You're sitting here because they said this and that about you. Well, then go to the gym and show them that. I, you ain't hear what I'm saying. You got to make it do. Do, do you know? Often when I tell the story, I'm through. Uh, and when I say I'm through, let me just tell you what that means. At some point over the next 20 or 30 minutes, we're going to finish. So I know I say that because I want to tell you the translation in Hebrew. <laughs> do, you, do you know? Do you know? I, often when I tell the story, I don't, I don't tell this particular part of it. Not for any reason. Essentially, I just... Uh, uh, there, there's certain things that you wait for certain times to release. Do you know the reason that part of the reason that Harvest exists today was because right before I finally got, gave God his yes, I was in a baka. I was in a baka. I, I, I had some church folk. Uh, <laughs> whew, I had some church folk do me like I ain't never seen nobody done. Now, in all fairness, I won't go into much detail about it. In all, in all fairness, when I look back, I said, you know what? I could have did that different. Because I'm going to make it do what it do, and I'm going to keep it moving. But so I got to learn. I could have did that different. I could have did that different. I could have done different. There's lots of things I could have done differently. But I said, but God, told. And I remember. Can I tell y'all something? Y'all want to hear something? Now, I wasn't a bishop then. I was, I was, I was a pastor, though. And, and uh, bishop just pastor, two pastors. Uh, I, I can remember going through this place, and I was getting calls about the stuff that church folk were saying. And I remember thinking to myself, now it'd be one thing if what you were saying was true, and I'm just mad that you're telling the truth. But you're making up stuff. That's the furthest thing from the truth. I remember one of the things, can I tell you one of the things that was said? Because y'all knows anyhow, you know you want to know. And, oh, I know, I know them before, y'all are nosy. What's going on over here, G. Wilkers? <laughs> Where I come from, you learn to just mind your business. Just mind your business. That ain't got nothing to do with us. Stay over here. Just smile and say thank you, Jesus. Keep it moving. Ain't got nothing to do with us. Now, one of the things that they said, I was in business and I had lots of things going. God was good and it has been good and is good. And, um, and so this particular uh, position that I had in, in this particular uh, institution or organization, one of the things that um, some of the leadership said was that he's in it for the money. And I took great, great, great offense to that because, uh, just to tell you the story real quickly, my tithes were greater than my salary. 
because the Lord's always been good to foreman. <laughs> he's good for you showed up, and, and if you decide not to show up, he's still going to be good, just so we got an understanding. And, and, and so my ties exceeded what my salary was. And so I said, now, just basic mathematics. Basic. If I was in something for the money, number one, I wouldn't have taken the role in the first place. But then number two, what sense would it make for me to essentially pay to be here? From a business standpoint. You, you follow? From numbers. Okay, some of y'all getting lost. So I said, how in the world is somebody in it for the money? I said, go look up the greatest giver. Now, now, somebody said, Bishop, what are you saying? I remember being so hurt by some of the things that were just made up. And then I learned to just deal with it. So when people say, Bishop, so-and-so says, I said, really? I said, let me know how that works out for him. Because the Lord's always made sure he deals with those who got something to say about me. <laughs> know this. Same way he does for you. You ever look back at some of those folks that done you wrong and you look back and the truth is you don't want to rejoice over it, but you're like, well, you shouldn't have messed with me. I'm not. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.